Welcome back, everyone, to the Straight Up Sports Talk podcast. I'm your co-host, Grant Covey, along with Sam Thillman. As usual, Sam, what is different about this podcast? We're in person. We are. We are sitting across from each other. You guys can't tell, obviously, because, well, you're listening to it, and there's no video, but we are, in fact, sitting across from one another, and it is... uh, it's a good thing because we're back on campus recording podcasts and, and we're going to crank out the podcast uh, production here soon, Sam. But how, how was the first really almost week, week tomorrow, how, how how's the first week been here back on campus? Uh, solid so far. If you listen to my other podcasts, I basically explain it. It's been going good. Had three Zoom classes yesterday for my first day. And then this day I had one in-person, no Zoom classes it was interesting, had quite a bit of a walk to the West Quad, if you know where that is. But the only thing different about this podcast is we're not in the WCRD studio. We're doing this from the Stu West Lounge. Yeah, we are. We are in residence hall lounge. Uh, we normally would record in our radio station's uh, recording studio. That's kind of off limits right now due to uh, coronavirus and every restriction that there is there. But nevertheless, we are recording a podcast in person. It's been great. Uh, and we're really lucky to be in person. If you're new to the podcast, we are sophomores here at Ball State University and uh, in, in Muncie, Indiana. So we're lucky to be here on campus because I read today Butler went to virtual at the last hour. They were told 24 hours in advance that they were going virtual. They kept campus open and everything, but Butler's not in person currently. So I just think we're very lucky to be here and to be in person. And hopefully we can keep it that way here for the foreseeable future. Yeah, no doubt. And I thought it was funny. I went to my Spanish class and instead of wearing the normal face mask that most people wear, my teacher had on one of those face shields, if you know what I'm talking about, where it comes from. Oh, yeah, down. I've seen those. Yeah, so that was quite a treat, quite interesting. That's why That's why I kind of like, I, I don't see it much being longer to going online because if the teachers have to resort to wearing that, like, come on. What what has been the biggest? I mean, what has been the biggest change for you? Like compared to last year, what what is the biggest change that you've noticed that you haven't been able to do since you've been uh, back on campus? I mean, nothing's really changed. Like there obviously are stuff changed, but nothing too big. Probably just doing Zoom classes. Like we did have the online classes last year, but not to the extent we had last year, and it was like only like six or seven weeks we had to go through this is probably gonna be the entire semester so just doing that having my tcom classes online it's just weird because you know tcom's hands-on production whatnot and you can't really do much hands-on with that it'll be an interesting semester and and seeing uh you know different students i've noticed that there's a lot less students on campus Mm -hmm. there's a lot less students walking around in the morning going to class mckinley avenue uh, is normally packed with students walking to class now it's not um, and a majority of classes have gone to where you only go one day a week and the other uh, two or three days you're in a Zoom, uh, live Zoom meeting with your class. So college is definitely different, especially, you know, if you are one of our listeners that have been to college in the past, it is a lot different. Uh, the, the majority of stuff is still the same. Obviously, eating is still the same. The dining courts, just some new regulations. Everything is to go. Um, you don't have your buffet style meals and, and stuff like that. So a lot of it is the same, but also there's a lot that is very different. And that is a lot less students on campus, I've noticed. And and like for me, uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday. I don't have another class the entire week. Oh, really? Yeah. So I I, uh, I have a Zoom meeting on Friday, uh, Thursday morning, and then that is it for the week for me. So it's definitely an adjustment for me because now 
I've got, you know, the rest of the week where I don't have any classes at all until next Monday. So it'll be interesting to see how this whole thing plays out, but we're here to talk sports and that's what we're going to do, Sam. But first we have some interesting a podcast update, if you would. Uh, so I'll go ahead and get into that just a little bit. We mentioned on our last episode, I believe that we were going to kind of change the format once we got back on campus, once the NFL season started to roll, once college football started to roll. Um, and that stuff is starting to happen and it'll be here before we know it. So we have kind of uh, came up with this idea to do two podcasts a week. That way we can cover some some different and new things as well as have more time to dive in to other topics as well. So starting on September 11th, uh, we will start publishing two episodes per week. So September 11th is a Friday. It is a Friday before the NFL season is supposed to start. So, well, the NFL actually starts on that Thursday with Thursday Night Football. Well, we're going to release our first episode probably Thursday night, Friday morning, somewhere around in there. And uh, that'll be a podcast on, on a new series called Weekend Prep or something along those lines. We haven't nailed down the names yet, but as of now, it's going to be called Weekend Prep where we go through a lot of the NFL games, maybe talk some fantasy football, maybe talk some betting. Um, it'll be a hodgepodge kind of episode where we're trying to cover – all the sports are having this weekend, the big games, what you need to watch and stuff like that. That'll be on Fridays. And then we'll come back on Monday. We'll record a podcast sometime Monday afternoon and it'll go up right after we record it. It'll be called Monday Mayhem, where it'll be a podcast about the weekend's sports events and, you know, what they mean, what happened over the weekend. It'll mainly be, again, be an NFL college football focused podcast. Uh, any exciting sports news that happens over the weekend, we'll be there to, to cover it and, uh, and we'll talk about it, give our opinions on it and, and kind of get you ready for the week. And then we'll be back again on, on Friday with our weekend prep podcast. So two podcasts a week, one on Monday, one on Friday, one to recap the weekend, one to get you ready for the weekend. I think it's going to be a good, um, a good thing for us. Sam. It will also say, this is kind of exciting. It'll also start season two of the straight up sports talk podcast. So we've already done season one. Uh, we're going to get to 29 episodes. That's pretty impressive. 29 episodes? Yeah, 29 episodes. We've been doing it since, what, February probably? Probably. Uh, somewhere around in there. Uh, we started it. We did about three episodes before we got sent home and had to figure out how the heck we were going to keep yeah. recording this. But we did. And we haven't, you know, we've missed a couple weeks, but that's about it. So uh, we really appreciate you guys hanging in there. And we're hoping to provide some new and improved and fun content for you guys and hopefully bringing on some guests and and, and things like that, whether it is via Zoom or, or stuff like that. But we hope to kind of uh, increase our viewer, our viewer experience, and we hope uh, that uh, you guys enjoy it. If you want to uh, give us suggestions for our podcast, we are open to that. We, we don't have it you know, written in sand or written in concrete what exactly these podcasts are going to be like, these new episodes. You can reach out to us at Sports Talk at 6 on Twitter or just search straight up sports talk on Twitter. That'll take you to our page. Our direct messages are always open. We're welcome to suggestions. And uh, if we don't like the suggestion, we won't do the suggestion. So just feel free to throw it out though. I mean, it's, it's quite that simple, <laughs> but feel, feel free to, to throw out your suggestion and uh, hopefully we can incorporate it in the podcast. But the way you said that was just like so dirty. Like we'll just throw it out. Like hey, disregard. But it's true. I mean, we are the It host, is true. So. It is true. <laughs> but but we do. We would appreciate you guys' feedback. What are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? What should we be doing differently? And I think these podcasts will be fun, Sam. I think so. Two episodes a week. Uh, 
where we can obviously record it when we want to. We're unlimited flexibility, like we mentioned, WSRD Studios closed down. But this is kind of our own thing, kind of separate, I would say. It's kind of like an independent entity, if you want to call it big mm -hmm. words. I want to throw uh, out this. Why, why are you using such big words? I don't know. What, what, how else would you describe it? Yeah, I mean, we are an independent podcast, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, we'll we will record whether we are here or whether we are home or exactly. whatever. So uh, we figured it out, and now we know how to do it. So well, so there's only one way to go from here, Flynn. So yeah, I say we get into the sports talk. All right, let's get into it. We've wasted enough time blabbering on and self-promoting. We're gonna go ahead and get into the sports conversation today. Sam, it was it was a rough weekend for the Pacers, to say the least. Mm -hmm. As you know, we do have some Pacers bias on this podcast. We we kind of we like to focus on Pacers and Colts because you know a majority of our listenership are in Indianapolis, as we as we've mentioned before. The Pacers get swept by Miami, and they're the third team to exit the NBA's bubble. Sam, your immediate reaction, and I wish we could you know record this right after the game, but obviously that's not that's uh, wasn't feasible. So, Sam, your immediate your post immediate immediate reaction if that makes sense yeah. so uh, what were your feelings after you know you watched that game or got the notification that the Pacers lost and were swept by the Miami Heat um I got mixed reactions I say we st I'm gonna stick to the positive for right now and then move into the negative because there's so much negative I think you could take away from Nate McMillan go three and 16 in the playoffs for the Pacers second time he swept uh, last uh, year, you remember, they got swept by the Celtics. This year, the Heat. But I'm going to stick with the positive. Miles Turner had a good series. Nate McMillan doesn't really know how to use Miles Turner. Like, let's just be frank. He doesn't know how to use a seven-foot um, center who can shoot the three ball because he's from an era that didn't really include a stretch five. So it was nice to give him more confidence, give him the ball more. I know he's averaging like four blocks a game, like 16 points, almost a double-double, I believe. So I want to give the big shout-outs to Miles Turner. But moving into the negatives, I mean, what can you say? We got swept. The Heat had our number. No matter the outrageous amount of flops and foul calls they had, the Heat were the better team. Let's just let's just put it frankly. I think you can agree with me, Grant. Oh, yeah. The Heat were just better no matter injuries. Even with Savonis, we could have competed more. But I think the Heat are just the better team all around. I agree with that. and uh, But – I, I kind of, you know, want to take that and look at the bigger picture here. I mean, Miles Turner has, you know, he's five years of being in the playoffs and five first-round exits for him. What, uh, I mean, what has to change to get, you know, like he said in his quote, you got to get over the hump. Mm -hmm. How do the Pacers get over the hump? Because I feel like the regular season is going great. We were praising him, you know they're on the right track. They even, they even suffered through the old depot thing and made it out ahead of, you know, any uh, in, in ahead of the record that we possibly imagined for them. And, and then COVID hit and then they go back in the bubble, but they're still playing pretty well in the bubble. And then the playoffs get here and it's like they poop their pants. So how do they get over that hump? Is it personnel coaching front office? What is to blame here? Or is it a version of all three for this, playoff exit and like you know miles has been in the playoffs five years yeah. it's five first round exits for him and if you want to keep him around you got to give him a playoff win yeah that's true i'm this is my perspective uh i think chad buchanan and uh kevin pritchard have done a wonderful job i think give the, all the credit to them i think they keep their jobs the problem i have is with nate mcmillan now people were so high on him and he's a great regular season coach no doubt about it 
He did wonderful things. It seems like the Pacers outperform any injury they get, whether it's Sabonis, Bogdanovich last year, Oladipo, Paul George, whatever it is. He's, he's, he's a good coach, good regular season coach. But I just don't think um, he's the right man for the job. I just, I just personally don't see – I was watching them struggle so much against the pick-and-roll defense. They were just hitting him. Jimmy Butler with Bam. Bam taking up the ball sometimes. Goran having an amazing series. Jay Crowder hitting threes. We can't stop Duncan Robinson. Like, he's supposed to be a defensive coach, yet we're getting burned by threes. Like, how does that make sense? Dan Burke's supposed to be an excellent defensive coach as well. And then we're, we, we're struggling to make our shots. And, yes, that can be fault to the players not hanging their shots, of course. But when do we say it's enough? And I'm not sure. I, I just don't think it's the – I don't think it's the players' fault. I think it's more on the coach, considering the fact that when we look at Frank Vogel, he went to, what, two straight Eastern Conference finals? We get rid of him, look to Nate McMillan, who's, who they thought apparently was the reason for their success, and look, look how it turned out. It's two straight first-round uh, sweeps and five first-round exits. Yeah, and, and you got to think, too, when you look at the front office and what Kevin Pritchard has done there, they brought in talent. I mean, Malcolm Brogdon last year, you've got, you got Oladipo and Sabonis here. You literally stole them out of Oklahoma City. I mean, you stole them and ran. And you, you've gotten plenty of talent. You lost some talent, too. Boyan Bogdanovich was a big loss for the Pacers. But still, you replace him with Malcolm Brogdon, which I think was a better replacement. I wasn't a fan of releasing Boyan when they did. But after seeing Brogdon perform, I can agree with that. And, and I, I definitely agree that Brogdon is a better fit. So they definitely have brought them the talent in, in, in the lineup to, to win. And it really looked like the Pacers, when they went into the bubble and they started you know, winning their first couple of games there, it looked like this was a team who could win a first-round playoff game. And I even said back in, I don't even know what, when it was, probably February, March, um, or maybe even during the quarantine when, when we figured out they were going to return. I even said, you know what, look, they got to get past a first-round game because fans will get fed up, the front office will get fed up, and next thing you know, the coach will be gone. Now, I personally like Nate McMillan. I have. I've supported him. But – you bring up a great point. He's a great regular season coach. Just can't get it done in the playoffs. And that's what, and that's all that matters in the NBA. Cause, cause now the NBA regular season doesn't really matter. I mean, you, you just gotta, I mean, you just gotta win barely enough games and you're in, I mean, you don't even have to have a winning record to be in. So the NBA regular season does not matter as much. It's the playoffs that count. And if you, if you told me the Pacers would win 10 last games a year, but we're going to win a playoff series, I would take it in a heartbeat. Yeah, it'd be painful to watch the regular season, but the playoffs are the only thing that matter in the NBA. And another thing, you could point to the injuries as a reason we lost. Sure, it sucks. Sabonis going down. TJ Warren dealing with that injury, the same injury as Sabonis, the plantar fasciitis. Victor Oladipo obviously not looking like himself. But you've seen them overperform in the regular season but they just can't get it done in the playoffs. Like, we, they, they've they got 45 wins on this shortened season, right? Like, no one thought they were going to get 30 wins. I certainly did, didn't. Like, I didn't think they were going to get 40 wins. But, yeah, they overperformed in the regular season. And then in the Heat, the Heat just had their number. Like, Jimmy Butler was just clamping everybody, and they just couldn't figure out a way to uh, create their own shots. And when they did, they couldn't play defense. And this was a team who – two years ago, took the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron James to a seven-game series. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, 
when you it, it's tough, you know, to leave the playoffs early. Pacers got to get it figured out. What needs to change for next year? Do you think is it? Do you think Nate McMillan will be the head coach when the season, whenever the season starts, either this year or in twenty twenty one, whenever they decide to start the season? He, he has to. He got a two year extension. Like there's, if you're gonna give a Nate McMillan a two year extension, I believe it was like a week ago, then you have to. Like That's a great point. No, no matter if I agree with it or not. You just have to, like, uh, I kind of relate to Ball State. They just gave Mike Newman an extension. Whether or not I agree with it is another issue. But he's going to be the head coach regardless. It's a great point. That's why you're here, to remind me that, that he did sign. And we did talk about it on the podcast. And you didn't really agree with it, I don't think, mm-hmm. with, with that extension. Would you have rather, and I think I, I, think I know the answer now, mm-hmm. would you have rather waited until after these, after the playoffs were over waited and, and assessed the situation when, when the, the rubble came out? Oh, no doubt. Like, it, it would have been like – like it, it's like if we would have signed Mike New, let's say, when we were four and three. And then you saw how the regular season went. went we went one and four. They still gave an extension for whatever reason, like whether they show – see promise or not. And it's just like if they just give him four games – see what he does against Miami, and then make the decision from there. I think that's a smart tactical decision because we've seen Chad Buchanan uh, in that front office make smart decisions. So I don't understand why we're rushing to give him an extension when he hasn't done anything in the playoffs. be interesting to see. And he's definitely going to be on the hot seat next year. And uh, maybe that's what he needs to, to get the playoffs, to get the Pacers past the first round. Got an opinion on what the Pacers should do moving forward. Reach out to us on Twitter and straight up sports talk on Twitter. What do you see this year in terms of? I haven't really done any research on on who is who is uh, due for free agency and whatnot. What do you see the Pacers doing in free agency and draft? You know, I mean, what what do you think is going to go on here with Indiana and where, wherever this all ends up in the wash after this bubble, after they figure out you know COVID and everything. And, and get things back on, on track. What do you think the Pacers, in terms of acquisitions, do they need to go after anybody, then to release anybody? So I'm looking at the free agents right now. I just Googled it. Uh, so far, I could be wrong, but this is the 2020 NBA for the Pacers. It has uh, Justin Holliday, Jakar Sampson, Alizé Johnson, Naz Mitchell, Long, Brian Bone. I, I see Justin Holliday gone. Like, I would love to have him back. He was a nice 3 and D guy, nice lengthy but I think he proved himself too valuable for the Pacers to keep track. When you've got Oladipo trying to figure out his extension, you've got Sabonis' contract, Turner's extension, uh, uh, Turner's contract you still have to deal with. Like, that's that's a nice bulk of contract, and you saw just how they outperform what he's making now, $4 million. I just don't see there's a way to keep him around. I see them trying to find another replacement for him. I, I can see them easily um, re-signing Jakar Sampson Alze and the rest of the list. But Justin Holiday is a guy I think is going to be gone, and they're just going to have to find someone to replace him. I think Jakar Sampson single-handedly made him gave himself an extension in the bubble just based mm-hmm. on his play. Yeah. I mean, honestly, he kind of broke out and played really well for the Pacers in the bubble. Uh, the interesting thing to me when I look at this list is Victor Oladipo. Next year is a contract year for him. Do the Pacers go ahead and sign him before – they got to sign him before this season, right? Uh, well, I, I believe, if I remember correctly, they did offer him, like, the max contract, and I believe he did not sign it. So it's not really, I believe – I could be – this could be totally wrong. 
but from what I read, it's more on him wanting to resign because I know there's talks of him really having a relationship with, funny enough, the Heat and whatnot, Jimmy Butler and them. So I think it's, I think he has a house in Florida. I think maybe, I, I'm not really sure. But the point remains, I think it's on him to make that decision whether he wants to make the Pacers long-term. Because as we mentioned, five first-round exits, does he want to be a part of a team that continues to get knocked in the first round of playoffs? Yeah, making the playoffs is great and all, but you've got to make the next step and win at least one series. We'll see, and we'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully they can get Oladipo to stay uh, because he has been such an integral player to this team. He's, you know, he was from IU. Everybody likes him and seems to be around here. The NBA draft is uh, Friday, October 16th. We will have coverage uh, leading up to that and talking mock drafts and, and who the Pacers should draft and the top picks and everything like that. The next thing I wanted to get into, Sam, here, is the Indy 500 was ran this weekend. Me and you both sat there and watched it. Felt like the race took forever. In past years, I feel like the race goes by super fast. Um, you know, it starts at 2.30, done by 5.30 normally. 5.36 o'clock. This year, I didn't think it could get done until 6.30, almost 7. What, uh, I mean, you watched the race. Was was it as all you hoped and dreamed to be? I know the ending sucked. Yeah. But it won me some money on FanDuel, so yeah. I'll take it. Um, but uh, what was your overall reactions from the race? Being ran with no fans mm-hmm. in, in, in the, uh, in the uh, racing capital of the world is what I was trying to say there. Um, I, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna say that I realize why I don't watch NASCAR on the daily basis. Like it's just like I I don't know you guys could disagree because you're NASCAR fans and all that, but I just don't see the appeal of it. Like personally, it's just my opinion. I'm just not that big of a fan of NASCAR watching people race against each other in cars. Like that's just not my deal. Like I told you, I almost fell asleep. It, there was like like ten or so cautions over the race. The race ended in a caution where basically if you don't know, you can't pass each other and you're just following the pace car. It's just like, I just realized that's why I don't watch um, NASCAR. No offense to you NASCAR fans and you can keep watching when I continue supporting your NASCAR, but it's just not for me. Okay, Sam, I do have to stop you. You realize I was an indie car. Yes, I, I understand. Okay, those but are... you're saying after watching any car, I realize why I don't watch NASCAR. Yes. Okay. Sort of just thing, wanted yeah. to make that clear because yeah. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. you're, you're starting to, I had I almost had to like second guess you there. I was, I was getting worried about you, Sam, from from no. India and thought the Indy 500 was no. a NASCAR race. So no. that would be pretty bad. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the race did end in a caution after. I mean, really, like lap 20 to lap 10 were really intense and it was really fun to watch. There's a lot of wrecks. There's too many wrecks for me, honestly. I mean, it was just too many, um, too many commercial breaks. All that, all that jazz. It was, it was long. But hey, they got the race off. And there's another one in, what, nine months, mm-hmm. hopefully in May. And hopefully there'll be 300-plus there, 300,000-plus there. Don't know if that's actually going to be feasible or not. Hopefully it is. But, uh, you know, I love the, love the traditions um, back home again in Indiana, all that stuff. The, the Thunderbirds flyover was amazing. Mm-hmm. Actually watching it live on TV for the first time since 2016 was, was fun as well. I still listen to the first, like, 10, 15 minutes of the radio broadcast just because that's what I do every year. I love the radio broadcast. Those guys do a great job. With that, I've had the chance to actually meet and talk to uh, Mark James, who is the lead announcer who sits on uh, the start-finish line, and Jake Query, who's a turn announcer. Uh, he, he, he's the turn announcer for turn number three there 
at the uh, at IMS. So I've had a chance to talk to both of them. That was a really cool experience for me. So I do have kind of a personal connection to the radio broadcast, but I do enjoy listening to the radio broadcast. I think majority of people in Indy can say that because that's how they normally get the race. It's normally blacked out here on TV. So um, yeah, I did I did listen to the first about ten minutes of that radio broadcast. So that was fun. But we look forward to the Indy 500. Uh, next year, there wasn't really too many exciting um, events that happened throughout the race. I mean, there was a bunch of, of crashes, but nothing too too major. That that uh, there, the first couple laps, there was a wheel that caught on fire. That was pretty cool. It was like a fireball inside of a wheel. Looked pretty pretty neat. I'm sure the guy the, the guy driving the car didn't think so, but can't remember who it was. But yeah, I'm, I'm, it was uh, that was kind of an interesting thing. You don't see that every day. So. It was definitely interesting and, and fun to watch. Uh, Sam, I want to talk right before we leave here. So college football, the SEC still planning to go and some other Power 5 schools. Do you think they will start on time? Alabama reported uh, over 500 cases since uh, classes resume. Do you think they're, they're so bent on having the season that they will go on? Mm-hmm. I, I think so. I think the SEC sees the data how they want to, and they see however many cases and their projections went on, talked to medical professionals, and thought it was okay to play. And personally, I, I disagree with it, but, hey, they do. They can do what they want, and if they plan on continuing college football, good for them. If they want to do it, I do, I do think that football matters way too much to these schools to kind of opt out, no matter this – the pandemic or whatnot personally um yeah that's just my take i think they're going to continue on no matter how many cases there are i think uh i think that it was i i was more interested to see when um when the ncaa came out and said that all players get another year mm-hmm. that they did not pull the plug then i was really surprised to see that but they didn't I think they will play too. Um, and you know what, to each their own, it's, it's their decision to do so. And uh, I'm definitely going to be watching. Mm-hmm. So it'll be fun to watch. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what the NFL does now that so many schools have pulled the plug. Will they go to a Saturday game? I don't know. Would you like to see the NFL on a Saturday, like say like a Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, or would you rather them stay Sunday if you have college football playing? Uh, so if college football is playing, I don't mind on Sunday. If no college football, put them on a Saturday. Not only to split up the games for red zone, so I don't have to keep track of so many games, but also just like it, like does it create such a gap from Thursday to Sunday that like I'm craving football so much? So like it'll like spread out the games. I I think a, a Thursday, Saturday, Sunday with no college football would be best. I agree. I agree. I, I like to keep the NFL on Sunday. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it would be good. So, yeah, the NFL was set to roll on. They had, like, a whole bunch of false positives, so that's a, that's been a whole uh, issue. Um, do you think the NFL will have – I mean, how many, how many postponements and cancellations do you think we'll see? Is it going to be more like the MLB or more like on the NBA side of things? The NBA has had nothing. The MLB has had some. It's going to be some because they're not in a bubble. It's like that's a, that's as simple as it is. If there was an NFL bubble that they created, then I would say zero. But with teams traveling to hotels and whatnot, you can't really keep track of the – well, you can keep track of the players, but not really. Like we've seen even players in the bubble sneak out, try to get back in and all that. But the point remains is um, 
I think we're going to have some cases. It'll be interesting to see how the NFL reacts because they haven't really come out and said how they would react and if there's postponements, what they would do with that, cancellations, how that would work if a team played 16 games and the team only played 14 games. I, I just don't know. They haven't said anything, so we just have to wait and see. We will. We will wait and see, and I think there is going to be some that didn't opt for the bubble. But will teams opt for the bubble? I think this has been a conversation that, that I have heard where teams will just keep, you know, if you keep your players in the same hotel, travel the game, come back hotel. We'll see. We'll see how it works out. It should be interesting. But uh, I think that's all we got today, Sam. You got anything else? Anything you want to talk about here before we, we hang it up for for today? I don't think so. I was glad my high school got a win last Friday because we're not usually a good football team. So I think we won forty to fourteen. I don't care if the opponent was good or not. We got a win. So I was happy about that. Yeah, my team won too. Shout out to Tri West. My brother Alex Kobe on the D-line. We'll talk to you next week. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll continue the conversation, continue uh, whatever else comes up. There's no more Pacers to talk about. We'll get into probably some NBA playoffs, some more NFL talk as the season nears. And, uh, yeah, we'll get, just get ready for uh, season two starting on September 11th. So with that being said, my name is Grant Kobe. That's Sam Thelman. Sam, uh, we'll talk to you next time. Peace. All right, and don't forget, follow us on Twitter, Straight Up Sports Talk on Twitter. It's where we post all the latest episodes, and you can find all of our past episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. They're all archived there for you to watch at your listening pleasure. My name is Grant Kobe. Have a great night.